0: Hey guys, Calm Kelly here from OTI Media. Welcome back to another edition of Learning to Dad. Today's show, we're going to have something a little bit different. We've put men on throughout the season. I am Learning to Dad. Today, we're going to shake it up a little bit, along with my friend Trunks here. I'm going to be joined by Jenna Thomas. We're going to get a mother's view, what I should learn from a mother's perspective, and some of those tips that she has learned along her time as a parent. So looking forward to getting into it. So make sure to hit that subscribe button, and let's get straight to it. Hey guys, Colin Kelly here and we're well on our way through the season here. A couple of weeks away, four weeks away from the due date looking forward to uh, getting some more knowledge today on the show it's been a fun series to record and i'm really enjoying the information i'm getting sharing it with you the youtube community the fantasy public community everyone that's been involved has been hugely supportive and it has been a lot of fun along the way as i mentioned just one month to go i'm here the whole crew's behind me we're ready to record and i'm joined as i mentioned in the intro by jenna thomas so let's get straight into it let's get the mother's perspective how are you doing today jenna
1: i'm doing well thanks how are you
0: I'm doing very good. Um, we uh, have so far had uh, many different people in the series and uh, you are the first female, you're the only female in the series, unless we go to a second season, unless I have more children along the way, I'm going to try and get this first one out of the way first and see how it goes. But it's great to get the female perspective, great to get a, a mother on the show and to uh, be able to get another view of uh, you know family life and what I can really expect as we move into it. So I'm sure this is going to be fascinating and uh, I've had a lot of different questions throughout the se- season four. The guests that have come on, I've said on other shows, I send over a list of questions and they get to pick the questions and then I get to pick the order of which way those questions do be asked. And uh, the first one up today to having a little bit of a different uh, role on the show is uh, if you had to pick one family that is kind of like your family, you know, we talked before the show, uh, you have two girls, one 18, one 20. And if you had to pick a family from TV or from a film that you think that uh, reminds you most of your family, who would that family be?
1: I would have to say, except for the fact that she only has one daughter, it's Gilmore Girls. Um, you know, I'm, I think that I have a pretty similar personality to Lorelai, and then my girls are both similar to Rory in different ways. So I would definitely say Gilmore Girls.
0: Yeah, It's always cool. Uh, we've had a few good answers along the way uh, on the season, and it's always, it's always uh, interesting to see who we think we're like. I'm, I'm trying to picture what my family might be like in a, a couple of months' time or a couple of years' time, and I really, uh, I, I shudder to think what way it's all going to go down. But it's um, you know, it's it's fun to look at it from that perspective. You kind of, I'm I'm now at the stage. It's six weeks before the the baby is due, and um, I'm trying to get as much information as I can coming my way. If you go back to pre having uh, both of your kids, and you know, if you what you thought then and what you know now, what is the one piece of advice if you had a, a time travel machine to head on back that, that you would give yourself? What would that one piece of advice be to, to help you? Uh, you know, in those early stages of, uh, you know, parenthood?
1: You know, you'll second guess yourself a lot when your kid is little, like, you know, it, what I'm doing now, is it going to mess my kid up later and that sort of thing? Or, you know, am I, am I doing things wrong? You know, what, how is my kid going to turn out? Because I don't really know what I'm doing as a new parent. Don't worry about any of that. Your kid is going to turn out just fine. And so I think that's my best advice to you. Like, just don't sweat all that small stuff early on. Know that everything's going to be just fine.
0: Yeah, I've had a good few. A few people have said like, you know, figure it out on your own. You'll you'll get there in the end. Don't worry too much about the small things. And I think that's something that, you know, I kind of probably at this stage would have been more worried about it, but I think with the advice that's sliding my way, it's, uh, that's something that I think is a good one to take into account. And, you know, everyone on this series is obviously very proud to be a parent, very happy being a parent, but what for you is the the one, you know, if you could only pick one thing, what is the best thing about uh, being a parent? What's your favorite thing that comes with, I guess, the responsibilities and everything else that comes uh, with being a parent?
1: It probably is a little bit different for me just because of the ages that my girls are. But um, for me, it's seeing them grow into the young women that they've become. They're both, you know, very intelligent. They're very... Mature. They're very responsible. They're very caring. uh, They're very compassionate. And so, I'm just really proud of the young women that they've grown up to be.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome to hear. You know, obviously, that is the goal. I'm at the. I'm way over here at the very start. The child hasn't even been born, and then you have them developed into young uh, adults or growing adults now and young women of the of the world. So that's uh, you know a real, real good thing to hear that you've managed to get them uh, and develop them all the way through. I've, this is the first time I've got to ask this question on the series and I'm hoping the answer is going to be yes. Uh, have you got a nickname? Is there a nickname for uh, Jenna Thomas?
1: Yes. Um, you know, people misspell my name a lot and they call me a bunch of, because my name is spelled very oddly. So I get called all kinds of things. Um, but because of that, my guy friends at the Falcoholic started calling me Joomla, which is not my name. And then that turned into the Joom. <laughs> so, oh, nice. You know, on Twitter call me Joomla. I mean, most of our readers call me that. Both of my daughters call me that. <laughs> they think that they're hot stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, it, so Joomla.
0: Joomla al- is the
1: main nickname.
0: It's always interesting to see where nicknames come from. Uh, you know, I, I'm very tall, so I've always got like big guy or big man, and that's always just been the simple one to call me. But everybody that I know, anyone that has a nickname that really, really stuck, the first time you heard it, you thought, that is crazy. That's never going to stick. But Everyone just, <laughs> It's like you said, the June. Everyone just jumps on it, and it seems to stick. And the more crazy it is, sometimes the longer it sticks. And you know, some of my friends, you know, we go if you go way back to when we're like thirteen, fourteen years old. Those nicknames have really stuck, and you know, people don't even use their proper names now. So maybe, oh, yes. maybe we'll look uh, five or ten years down the line, and we'll be wondering who is who is Jenna. <laughs> The other well,
1: people work call me JT, so that is my other one, but that's a more, I mean, that's just my initials, so yeah. I do get called JT a lot, but yeah, most a lot of my friends call me Joomla.
0: Who was JT first? Was it you or Justin Timberlake?
1: It was probably me because I'm older <laughs> than Justin Timberlake,
0: <laughs> Wait,
1: you- <laughs> although I guess that was that's my married name, so no, it was probably Justin Timberlake. People used to call me JB in high school that was my maiden name was born so, yeah.
0: so you, you, you can uh, you can still claim it you had it before JT he copied you yeah. along the way uh, <laughs> as well you mentioned with your name being spelled uh, different you know you know if people say uh, Gina it'll be a different s- spelling in most cases and my wife's name's Amy and it's A I M E E and a lot of people mm-hmm. would spell A M Y so I've been trying to think, you know, with names, that's something we're doing at the minute. We don't know if it's a boy or a girl. We're trying to figure out what name to go with and try to even have a short list of names and it can be quite hard. But when we're looking at it, I, one of the things I want is to have a name and it's interesting to it come out when you're on the show, but a name that when people say, what's your name and you know how to spell it, like my name's Column, and I can guarantee you the majority of people have no idea how to spell that. <laughs> so when you're looking, do you think having a name that's easy to spell, is that something you would have rathered as you grew up or are you happy that your name is a little bit more different?
1: You know, like I do like my name. I think that it's a pretty spelling, so I'm fine with it. But that being said, because everybody called me everything but my name when I was growing up, I named my girls Ashley and Chelsea, spelled the the traditional way for both. And I did that because I didn't – yeah, so I mean I like my name and I'm happy with it, but – I did give my girls names that were easy to spell and easy to pronounce.
0: Yeah, always oh, like so. It's, a, it's an interesting one. I, I I wanted it to be a name that's a nice name, but I don't want it. To, I've been looking at lists. You know, there's these lists, top 100 names for 2018, top 100 names for 2017. You can see the names going up the rankings and down the rankings over the last 10 years. I want to have something that's not very popular now that you know, is a very nice name and that not everyone has because it's like you saying, your name spelt different and my name is a kind of different name here. I know a couple of people with the same name, but I, I like to have something that's a little bit different. You don't want to have everyone having the same name. So it's, it's, a, it's a delicate balancing act there to, to try and figure it all out. And we've talked about your nicknames. We've talked about, you know, my some of my kind of problems here as I try to figure out the name of the child, but let's get to your kids and uh, With them, obviously now 18 and 20, you must have some great uh, kind of funny stories as their time growing up. Is there any that uh, you want to share while you're you're on the show that they're not going to see the show and then come and say, Mom, why did you say that on on YouTube?
1: Well, there are two that I can think of. The first one, uh, my younger daughter, Chelsea, has always been very imaginative. And so when she was about two and a half, the movie Shrek came out and she loved it. But she decided that she was not going to go by anything but Princess Fiona. And everybody thought this was hilarious but me. Like, I was the only one who was trying to put a stop to this. I'm like, your name is not Princess Fiona. I named you Chelsea. You're going to go by Chelsea. She's like, no, everybody has called me Princess Fiona. So then – she made my she named my mom Donkey and my dad Shrek. So then everybody was in on this. But so then like one day Chelsea took my keys out of my purse and she threw them behind the stove because little kids do weird things. Like yeah. you'll learn this firsthand soon enough, I'm sure. I'm so sure. I, didn't the keys. I didn't have another set of house keys. I didn't. I had to have my brother bring me a spare key to my car. So my brother's there. My brother's a cop. So my brother's interrogating this child, and he goes through this whole spiel about how your mother needs her keys, and you need to tell me where you hid the keys. You know, it's very important that you tell me where the keys are, Chelsea. And he gets through this whole thing, and she looks him dead in the face and goes, okay, but my name is Princess Fiona. And my brother and I both had to leave the room because we were laughing so hard. So, you know, you're trying to be on this kid and trying yeah. to like be consistent and be, you know, discipline her when she needs to be. And she, you know, then she says something like that and all bets are off. Yeah. And then with my older daughter, it was just that she was hilarious all the time. But um, she would say the funniest things like instead of yesterday, she would say yester morning and night. So she was very specific. Uh, but I think my favorite one with her um my dad had gone out to pick up dinner. I was at my parents' house. And so we're sitting there. My dad's gone for like 20 minutes. Like my parents live in a small town. He wasn't gone long. So he comes back and Ashley's about 3, Chelsea's about 1. And my dad walks in and she's like, "Chelsea, this is Papa. Do you remember Papa?" Like he's been gone for 20 minutes and Chelsea's like, "Yes." <laughs> It was just hilarious. Like, she was dead serious. She wanted to make sure Chelsea knew who this man was who just walked in, who had been gone for 20 minutes.
0: So. In, in case her in short-term memory just uh, hadn't developed <laughs> at all. Uh, kids, I, I, that's one part I really can't wait for. They, everyone tells me just the stuff that they come out with, the stuff they do. And, I, like, from spending time around kids myself, I, I know what it is. But when it's your own child, I'm sure it's just a completely different experience. And you mentioned Princess Fiona. Maybe that is a great – you know, if you ever get into trouble and you're being interrogated, maybe just <laughs> – yeah. Maybe that is the the way to go and uh, try and get out of things. Use those characters. We've talked a lot about Disney films and different cartoon characters. Obviously, Shrek being with Pixar, but there's a lot of ways. I'm just going to try that the next time if I do manage to get myself in. Into- <laughs> you also <laughs> it meant-
1: work for yeah. Chelsea, so. <laughs>
0: You also said that she uh, you know, started it at that age. Was there an age where it went on to? Is it still does she still go by Princess Fiona? (laughs)
1: No, thankfully, no. Um, no, I think it lasted about a year. And then, you know, I kept trying to get her because even her teachers at preschool would go along with it. Like they thought that it was adorable. And, you know, eventually I convinced my parents to stop encouraging it. And once people stopped encouraging it, it stopped. But yeah, she was really into that for about nine months to a year.
0: <laughs> that, that's a, it's really cool just to, to hear those stories. And the, the next one, this is a question that I've had. It's actually a question that was inputted by my wife, who is a, a veterinarian. And so it's one that I've wanted to ask all season long. You're the first one that came in. So I have to start off the question in a specific way. Have you any pets?
1: Yes, I have a pet. Um, I have a little dog. His name is Baxter.
0: Oh, but Did you did you, uh, did you see Anchorman before naming the dog? Oh, yes. or was it-
1: yeah, that's he's only um, seven and a half months old. So yes, that's actually where he got his name.
0: <laughs> what, one one of my favorite films of all time. There's so many uh, so many good quotes in uh, the Anchorman yeah. film. Unfortunately, uh, it's going to be quite a few years before I can uh, share that with my, <laughs> with my child. But it's one that uh, eventually down the line uh, we'll get to enjoy together. But the next seg- se- section of the question is: if you could ask your uh, pet one question and they would answer you in perfect English, a bit, a bit like uh, the relationship, actually, perfectly between Baxter and uh, Ron Burgundy. What would that one question be, uh, and why would you ask that question? Just one question to find out exactly what your dog is thinking. There's a lot of times I think I'm communicating with them telepathically, but I have no idea. I, uh, for, for myself, I have one dog. Uh, some people might see... Uh, you can't see it, I have a hat here, the Green Bay Packers, I'm a Green oh. Bay Packers fan, and uh, my dog's called Packer after the, the Packers team, so just to explain that I have a dog, when I start talking about it, I just presume everybody watching the show knows that I have a dog, <laughs> nobody does, so what is that one question for you?
1: I would probably ask him, okay, because he's chihuah- part, he's like half Chihuahua, half Jack Russell, and so he digs everything, and so he <laughs> dig at like, he will first of all get every blanket in the room and drag it to the couch. And then he will just dig at these blankets until he's made this little nest for himself. Yeah, And then he will dive into the blankets and like, he's in this little blanket fort. And I would love to know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> why, are you t- why are you taking all the blankets? Why can't I have a single blanket in my own house? <laughs> yeah doing so yeah I'd love to know what's behind that because it makes me crazy every day like sometimes I'm taking a nap on the couch and he will come and take my blanket for himself so that he can dig on it make himself a little nest
0: what What do you think the reason is uh for yourself what do you think the reason that he actually does that for because my dog does the exact same thing so I'm interested to see your thoughts are you know,
1: I know that these, both of these breeds are ratters, and so they used to live on farms and kind of flush out rats, and so I think that it's a prey drive, and sometimes he'll, t- he'll take a toy in there with him and bury it, and then he'll dig it out later, so I have to think it's a prey drive. Um, I don't know why he feels like he has to take my blanket. Like, it's cold here now. It's winter here. I'm cold. I need blankets, so I don't know why he feels like he has ownership over every blanket in the house, but yeah, the, I think that it is a prey drive.
0: Yeah, I, I noticed that the, our dog does it a lot. He does it for absolutely no reason either. Sometimes there's no blanket there, and he just thinks he's going to scrape his way down through into the center of the earth. I the floor, There's wood, wooden floors in the house. Perfect thing for a dog to start scraping, and I, I have no idea <laughs> of why... Uh, for anyone that wants to know what horror question what was my wife 's question that it is when we sit at the kitchen table, sometimes the dog will just bark, and certain times he barks, he just thinks you know what he means sometimes he wants food, sometimes he just go outside to go to the toilet, sometimes he wants his toy, sometimes he wants a treat. but it would be just nice to know which barks mean which things and exactly what he 's trying to tell you because sometimes we spend. 15 minutes to a half an hour trying to figure out which one of those things the dog actually wants so oh,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: it's a, it's always an interesting one but it's a it's a good one to your question as well is something that I've often wondered why they are digging that hole all the way down mm-hmm. into the ground is there any other uh, things <laughs> that your dog does is <laughs> that is very interesting I find dogs fascinating
1: I do too. This little guy, he's so different. You know, I would love to know because my last dog, he passed away in October. And so he was a big dog. He was a chow chow golden retriever mix. And so he was, I think I had him for 15 years. So I had a better feel for, you know, what he was thinking. This dog is, first of all, a puppy. It's been a long time since I've dealt with that. And secondly, a small dog. And their personalities are so different. So, like, sometimes he loves other dogs, and he wants to see them and play with them. And then sometimes I'm walking him, and he'll see another dog, and he'll just, like, go nuts. (laughs) And he scared the daylights out of this very nice black lab last week. And I'm like, Baxter, that dog is being so nice to you. (laughs) You're just being jerk so i would love to know why sometimes he's nice to other dogs and why sometimes he's not you know what is the what's his reasoning
0: and in terms of size like my dog's like this size very very small a crossbreed with a shih tzu so is your dog like this or is he you know kind of this length
1: tiny he's about six and a half pounds so he's like this he's tall he's got really long legs
0: and uh, the, the reason I ask that question is my dog has often walked up beside some massive dogs. Like you mentioned the black lab and like the, the bigger dog could literally eat my dog. And my dog thinks that he is uh, so tough. So it's always a, a fun one. It's always a fun one to see. and just see I don't know if it's a Napoleon syndrome. Some people call it when the smaller one just has to kind of try and pretend it's bigger. But I mean, my dog is like, that the gets so scared, hides under the kitchen table if somebody walks into the house. So I don't know what he thinks he's going to do. <laughs> Go, going back to your uh, childhood, um, we've been, it's been interesting in the series so far. A lot of the people in the series have actually kind of hit or came close to what they dreamt of being as a child. Uh, I haven't made it that far yet, but uh, for you, what did you want to be uh, when you grew up, when you were you know, six, seven years old?
1: actually wanted to be a writer. I didn't know that I wanted to write about football necessarily, but I did want to write. Um, That was all that I knew. So, and I did that early in my career, but it was more marketing and PR stuff. And I didn't really know that football was what I wanted to write about until I started doing it. Then that just kind of felt like home. But yeah, I ended up doing what I wanted to do, just not necessarily in the field that I expected to do it in.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually it's amazing how many people from the series so far. You know, I've recorded some episodes that haven't come out yet, and we're recording them. And people are saying, "Yeah, I pretty much wanted to be this all my life." And I wanted to be a, fo- a soccer player when I was younger, and outside of that, I had no interest in anything else. Didn't really care about books, school, anything like that. It was just all about soccer. And then when that there didn't happen. I just still always trying to figure out what way I really want to go uh, go in the in the long run. And uh, now we have a child here, so it's pretty much time to to get that figured out as as we move forward. Here. And uh, when we when we look, then uh, a couple more before we uh, get it wrapped up. And you know, I I mentioned obviously if we're doing the show. There's a child on the way, but with uh, that, is there any advice? You know, if you think I mentioned thinking of prior to having the child, what you would advise yourself on. But now that you've been there, you have uh, 20 years experience of being a mother. Is there anything that uh, you think that maybe in the the time from the baby's born to say year one that you think uh, is a good piece of advice for anyone that's, I guess, getting into the business of having children?
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh, going back to that early. um, You know, I would say there's a there's a lot of info out there right now. Like, you know, how and what to feed your child and how often to feed your child and, you know, how to get your child to sleep through the night and all of these kinds of things. And so I think that, you know, looking back, thinking back to what that was like for me, especially with Chelsea, because my girls are 19 months apart. And so I was extremely exhausted then when Chelsea was baby and just trying to get through it. Um, And I think that I would just say, you know, you can look at all that stuff, but figure out what works for you. Because at the end of the day, your kid is going to be fine. Your kid will end up sleeping through the night. Your kid will get adequate nutrition no matter how and when you feed them and what you feed them. Your kid is going to be okay. Kids are remarkably resilient. So it doesn't matter like what any other parents try to tell you, any other people try to tell you, do what works for you and your wife because you guys are going to be sleep deprived and (laughs) sometimes you just have to do your best. (laughs) So yeah, that is... I think that because I remember with Ashley, you know, I was really like I wanted to have her on schedule and I wanted her sleeping through the night by a certain age. And I wanted, you know, to make sure she was hitting all these milestones on time. And then I got to Chelsea. I was like, just let's just survive. Let's just survive this year. Okay, let's just get through it. And um, yeah, I think it was much easier with Chelsea because I did what worked for me.
0: You, no. had, you had the experience as well from uh, you know the first child. And I, I think I think it was Scott Fish on episode uh, one that we did, and he said that every child will develop at their own stage. So just kind of let yeah. them go. Do, and when you set that target, you know we want them doing something at six months, something at one year. And if they miss it by two days, you think it's two days behind, rather than if you just have a time, you'll be like, oh, that's fantastic. They're doing this thing. So I do think yeah. that's something that I'm going to try and take into it as well. The other thing that you mentioned, one thing I, I have wanted to ask, and I haven't asked anyone else, is, Ch- children sleeping through the night, that is that is the goal for me, I think, is to, to be able to get that fall night's sleep. Is that something that you find was difficult with like either child? Did it take one child an extreme amount of time longer, or was it easy? Was there any tips that you found out along that way?
1: You know, Ashley was m- a much better sleeper. Um, she still is. Now that's my 20-year-old. Hmm. Um, so she was sleeping through the night by about 10 months old, and before that, she was sleeping, you know, she would sleep in like five or six-hour stretches. So I would be able to get enough sleep. Um, everyone asks me now, they're like, how do you function on so little sleep? I'm like, I slept like five hours a night or less for like four years because my kids were born so close together. Yeah. So um, so yeah, but she was sleeping through the night sooner than her sister. Chelsea, Chelsea has a different metabolism. She has a lot of food sensitivities that it's hard to figure out when they're babies. Um, so she just had a much harder time. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, again, you know, People say, don't put your baby in bed with you. And I'm like, look, I work full time and I have to, I, yeah, I have to be able to sleep. So I'm going to put her in bed with me. So again, that's one of those, one of those things where I did it my way and did what worked for me to help her, even if she couldn't sleep through the night, at least rest and let me get some rest.
0: So yep. No, I think again it goes back to that part that you said at the very, very start of the show that to kind of do it at your own pace and to find your own way to do it because like everything in life, you're gonna you are going to find that way and you're going to be able to get it done at the end of it and I think that's the goal we're trying to we're trying to figure out and uh, I'm sure I'm sure it's all gonna be fine once we get it going. So the countdown is on; and it is rapidly approaching, and uh, I, I hopeful I'm hopeful that these shows are getting me ready. I'm doing research in the background too, trying to figure out as much as I can. And you mentioned the literature that's out there is uh, a lot different. I suppose going back to that obviously the internet now is such a great tool like you know doing these shows online doing research online and everything when you had the kids obviously that wasn't really a tool that you could use do you find do you think you know for somebody now it probably is a little bit easier to to get all that information it probably works both ways you probably look up bad information as well
1: I think it probably does work both ways because I think that you run into two different things. I think that you run into useful information and then you run into what I would probably liken to like, if you have a cold and you go on WebMD and it convinces you that you have some incurable illness, like you also can find a lot of things that are going to scare you to death as a parent. And so I think that there are, you know, definitely two sides to that coin. Um, For me, it might've actually been easier. Um, But I will say this, having kids who are, who were teenagers when, you know, cell phones were such a big thing and that sort of thing that made my life a lot easier because I always knew where my kids were. I always knew if they were supposed to, if they were where they were supposed to be. So, you know, that's a diff- that's a thing that was different for me that I never expected to have when I yeah. had these girls because that wasn't really a thing. So yeah, in some ways technology does help a lot as a parent. And I think that it really can cut both ways you know with a the, with the newborn and with all the different information available to
0: you it's going to be interesting as well you know you, you mentioned the changes in technology from you having your kids and your kids so they're uh, one of the, your oldest is nine years uh, younger than me and you know i remember getting my first cell phone but i'd imagine then that they got theirs a lot younger and i'm just thinking when you mentioned that the, the changes in technology we're likely to see in the next 20 years what way it's going to go with me looking after my child so it's going to be a fascinating uh, experience just there's so many things to go into it and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So with that, it's going to do it for today's edition of Learning to Dad. This one on a mother's side of things, getting the information from the opposite side of the stand and it's uh, a lot of good information today i think i'm going to take a lot of it away with me jenna i do thank you for it all i hope the listeners and the viewers have enjoyed listening and viewing in on this if you are watching on youtube hit that subscribe button if you're listening on the podcast feed of course hit that subscribe button as well leave us a comment if you're on here leave us a written review then of course if you are on uh, the podcast side of things give us a comment down below we'll get in some interaction going as to what some of the best advice that you have had For parenthood is and i'm really looking forward to bringing you the next couple of episodes as we get towards the end and get closer to that due date then there'll be more fun videos coming of what i have actually learned and the perspective of the information gained along the way and how that has helped me on my journey into parenthood into fatherhood so until we're back with the next edition all i have left to say is have a good one